Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson. And today, Dr. Tammy Moralia joins us again, and we're talking about energy and frequency as a pillar of health. Dr. Tammy is the producer of the docuseries, The Healing Secret, the author of the nationally best-selling book, The Hormone Secret, and the CEO of Vitality Hormone Clinic in Seattle. Bio Renati Stem Cell and Regenerative Center in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and the Seattle Stem Cell Center. In today's conversation, we discuss why it's essential for optimal health to be supporting our cellular electricity. And Dr. Tammy gives us great tips and essential practices to incorporate into our daily routines. Dr. Tammy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you were gracious enough to come back and have a second conversation with us. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, really, really glad to to get to hit on some of the things we didn't get to last time. But for listeners that did not hear your last episode, can you share a little bit? I, I think your, your story is remarkable. Um, can you share a little bit of your journey from... I'm just going to leave it at how are you so open-minded? I think it helps to not have gone through high school, undergrad, medical school, residency, doctor, like all in a row. I left home at a young age and danced professionally in a ballet company for many, many years and toured and, and, and had a whole life that was very different from your typical you know, world, especially for a teen and, and early 20s. And so when I went to school, I didn't intend on going to medical school. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a lot of school. <laughs> but anatomy captured my interest and sciences. When you do well in them, you end up with a pre-med degree. And I worked at... um I haven't told hardly anybody this story because I never think of it as as being important, but yet it sticks out in my mind as one of the places where I really decided that I don't know if I'm going to be a doctor, but I'm going to be involved in caring for people in a way that is significant. So I worked at an assisted living home, a private assisted living home, which meant I had seven adults with varying degrees of medical needs. I have no idea how it's legal to put somebody like me who had <laughs> training at the time in charge of this. And I was in charge for 72 hours, all day, wow. all night, you know, morning, noon, and night. And I had to do a straight catheter on one gentleman. And there was, you know, another little lady in a wheelchair. And there was this Irish woman 
and she had dementia and she was combative and they changed her medications the first day that I was there and I was in charge of medications. And in the nighttime, she was shouting and carrying on and I go in and and she says, I'm going to die. I'm going to make meet my maker. And I'm like, no, oh, no, no not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and then she looked at me and she says, who are you? And I said, you know, I'm Tammy. And she says, what's your family name? And I said, O'Casey was my family name. And she says, oh, the O'Caseys are a terrible lot. Oh. <laughs> Just had all these intense experiences, but morning, you know, I'd take them outside and I learned about the power of music to help them feel more calm and looked into nutrition. And I don't know, it, it just piqued my interest of at any stage of your life, can you up level things simply? So I ended up going to medical school, but I was older and I didn't swallow all the Kool-Aid. I remember being told that, you know, we should prescribe, you know, proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers for reflux, for heartburn. And I was asking, well, but but why? (laughs) Which doesn't happen very often. No. And, and, gosh, I wish more doctors would ask that because I can't tell you you how many people we've had to work off of those. I know. And it's not easy to get off of them. And I was told, well, it's because people have too much acid. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like an 18 year old has way more acid and they eat a pizza and a liter of Coke and go to bed and have no problem. Like this doesn't add up. So I've always been that personality type that questions like upstream, like, but why? But why? And so then if you dig, you go, oh, actually, it's a deficiency of acid <laughs> that causes this problem because your your sphincter, your lower esophageal sphincter is supposed to close in the presence of acid, which happens when you eat. But if you don't have enough, it 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 doesn't close all the way or it doesn't close properly. So I just didn't swallow all of the Kool-Aid. And I think that the open-mindedness isn't necessarily an open-mindedness to information. It's a curiosity about why and asking questions constantly, much to my husband's chagrin. That that approach um, is my, literally my favorite example of the different approaches in traditional Western medicine versus functional medicine, because it's, it's such a, literally a 180 Right there. Well, is it not enough acid? Is it too much acid? Which is it? And not enough for everybody listening is the correct answer. Right? Yeah. Is the you know we need that signal and the the connection of the the this association of like oh my gosh your digestive tract starts in your mouth and goes all the way out. What? It's all one system. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love that you brought up that example because that is that that question, why, right? I used to, as a tired mom, you know, not always love that question. We would joke, um, bringing me back, you know, 20, 25 years and the kids were little and, you know, it would be like, yep, that's your favorite letter. You know? <laughs> but 
thank goodness I even knew enough back then not to squash that, right? That's what just keeps us going and growing. And I love that. And I'm so excited. So this open-minded now physician is still obviously asking why. Yeah. Um, So I finished traditional Western medical school And, you know, that's four years undergrad, that's four years medical school, that's three plus years residency. It's a lot of education and I'm so grateful for it and I wouldn't have traded it for the world, but I learned very little to nothing about wellness, truly optimizing health, and I didn't learn anything about preventative medicine. So when you go to the doctor for your preventative medical appointment, they're not trying to prevent stuff. They're trying to find things at early stages. That's not the same. It's still a disease, a diagnosis, and a condition model. And I don't have a problem with that. Just don't call it health care. Call it sick care. Because that's what it is. And And it's good glad. Yeah, it's (laughs) awesome that we have antibiotics if you have a burst appendix and a start with anesthesia. So I'm glad it's there, but um, but it doesn't cover wellness and it doesn't cover prevention. I love that. Or and like you said, optimization, right? Mm -hmm. Which is I think where you focus your your time. Yeah. And, you know, I actually had to go back to school. Uh, There's a lot of doctors that, you know, naturopaths that don't uh, go to traditional medical school, but, you know, they say their education is enough. And and maybe it is. I don't judge. And then there's a lot of MDs who say that they practice functional medicine and they haven't done any formal training. And maybe it is. And maybe their experience is enough. But for me, I've always been curious. And so I actually went and studied naturopathic integrative medicine and got certified in that. It's not acknowledged by the American you know, Medical Association, the AMA, but they're never going to recognize a naturopathic certification. <laughs> so, uh, so it was wonderful, wonderful to be able to learn the different paradigms. And, uh, and I really feel like the way I pr- approach my practice and you know, the other physicians that work with me and we have meetings about all of our patients that we see nationwide. We really approach it from an evidence-based, holistic way of combining East and West, natural and Western, traditional and um, forward focusing. So, you know, if you have high blood pressure, we are going to put you on a blood pressure medication that is a prescription because the worst part about a stroke is surviving it. But we'll also work on getting you off it. Why? (laughs) Right. Why do you have high blood pressure? Let's fix that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that is so important for, uh, thank you for sharing that approach, your approach with our audience, because it is people will, you know, sometimes they'll hear my story if I've done an interview, you know, in the other seat and I share, you know, the 10 prescriptions I was on, including a proton pump inhibitor way back when, because I had heartburn from, as a side effect from one of my other medications. I I did not have, you know, a a PPI deficiency, Um, (laughs) right? But it is, so people will come and they'll say, you know, I want to get off my meds. And I'm like, I want you to feel well. (laughs) Let's make that the goal, right? Live well, live fully. 
And, and yeah. so I love the, to highlight that sometimes medications they're there for a reason. And when they're used properly, you know, the, no, they're not the end all be all, but they definitely have an, it can have an important place in keeping us healthy or allowing us to regain health. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot more complex than people realize. And if you don't want to take a prescription, then you are going to have to do some other intervention, which involves a difference in your lifestyle, what goes in your mouth, when it goes in your mouth, when you go to sleep, how you breathe, what you supplement, how you move. There's there's a commitment that goes along with that. So yeah. it's a pr- and it's a process, and it can take time, and that's where yeah. that intervention is. Well, is- and that's why we created a membership. So first of all, we created a membership in our practice to help people afford concierge medicine. So everybody wants a personalized concierge medical doctor who does holistic medicine that they can call any time for any reason. You know, during the pandemic, it was great because we were just there and we can write in a prescription if you need it, if you have a UTI and you have regularly scheduled evaluations of hormones and DNA and microbiome. And we're we're looking and digging and optimizing in addition to that. And so I wanted it to be affordable. And my the lowest price point is I've always got a commitment to making it less than a latte a day. (laughs) (laughs) And we have, you know, my professional baseball players and my professional basketball player patients and my professional football player patients that have my cell phone number and text me and all that. That's a different price point Sure, for less than $200 a month. But the membership mentality was something that, you know, you pay on a regular basis and it's like a gym for the inside of your body. I love so that. Continuously working on it instead of waiting until there's a problem and <laughs> saying, hey, help. doctor, fix this. Help, yeah. help. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. It's a great way to get buy-in, right? We all need to buy in that our health is our responsibility as well. And we need to be taking it more affordable when it's spread out over 12 months. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. Feels less, less painful that way, but also, you know, it keeps us kind of in that game and in that mindset as, as we move through the year, which I love. If you've already paid for your appointment, you're probably more likely to to yep. show up. <laughs> yeah, you'll get those labs done. <laughs> yeah, 60 to 75 minutes having a, you know, double certified MD dig into your data for you and create a personalized program. And so that's what we do nationwide. That was the the uh, blessing of COVID was we created a nationwide telehealth program. Which is amazing. It yeah. is amazing. And there, there were many blessings in, in that time period. And I, I do think that that was definitely one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Everybody learned sure. how to do Zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're talking about prescriptions and we're talking about, you know, perspective and ans- asking the question why, which I think is the key. Um, this question, why, why is it Dr. Tammy that one of your I don't think you use the word pillars, but I'm, I, I do. You, okay. One of your pillars is energy. Yeah. Well, uh, I just think that if you think about how, like, 
well, how does the human body work? What's going on in there? So you look at structure, right? Um, if you have a broken leg, that doesn't matter what hormones or anything that you're going to give somebody, you actually have to realign that bone and, and allow it to heal. You have to fix the structure. And then there's chemicals, right? So there's hormones, neurotransmitters, our food turns into chemicals. A uh, weight loss is a, a chemical equation. So we help people out with that as well. And so the chemicals are important. But then when I was looking, you know, I wrote the book, The Hormone Secret. I was very blessed. It was published by Simon & Schuster and became a, a bestseller. And I was looking, well, how does our body produce these hormones? Like, what are, why do they produce these <laughs> hormones? What's the message? And I realized that the messages are sometimes electrical or frequency or um, energy. And your adrenal glands are a really great example of how your body can have a full reaction in structure and in chemical because of energy. And I think of your thoughts as energy because we can actually look at your brain and measure the electricity and the frequency. And depending on whether you're actively thinking or not really thinking or meditating or sleeping, that is going to look very, very different. And it turns out every single solitary cell in your body has electricity and current and frequency. And so when you're in a car and you're driving along and then there's sirens behind you and you hear them and you see the lights flashing, what happens? Well, you have a thought. Usually, oh crap. <laughs> How fast was I going? Did you know? <laughs> and, but also, your eyes will dilate, your respiratory rate will increase, your heart rate will increase, your palms will sweat. You will have a full body, exact, and a reaction to the thought of being pulled over and getting, you know, in trouble or late or a ticket or da 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 da. So I was thinking, well, how the heck does that happen? So I came up with this philosophy of there are three pillars of health, the structure, the chemical, and the energy. If you have something wrong with your heart, we check the electricity. If you have something wrong with your nerves, we check the electricity. If you have something wrong with your brain, we check the electricity. I mean, everything has frequency, energy, and electricity. And if you have all three optimized, there's nothing that can shake your resilience. That doesn't mean things don't happen. It just means that you are able to continue to thrive through it. If you have two that are optimized instead of three, it just takes a relationship breakup or a job loss or a worldwide pandemic for you to have your health shaken. And if you only have one, you likely already have a diagnosis of a disease or a condition. And so my goal in our entire practice is to optimize the three pillars. I love that. And so I am hoping to dig in today to talk about that frequency pillar, the energy Um you know, I, I love that it sounds so obvious when you say it, right? Like, 
if you have a brain issue, we're checking electricity. If you have a heart issue, you know, yet people are always like, what do you mean? You know, we're energy beings. What do you mean cellular energy? What does this mean? So tell me when you're working with your patients on that pillar, what kinds of things are you looking at or looking for or having them do? So meditation is probably the one of the biggest things that you can do to change the the frequency of every cell in your body. And there are people like my friend, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is working in doing amazing research, like with universities, doing blood samples, saliva samples, DNA samples. I mean, he's really getting the data to show that meditation actually can change the way that cells function in a very profound way. Um, it's amazing. So it's I amazing. think and that data is, I, I think we shouldn't need, it's not new information, right? but, but the data has been missing as far as in today's world. Right. Yes. And, and so I love what the just to his whole movement of actually, you know, really collecting that data and and it becomes irrefutable at that, uh, you know, if you're if you're someone who hasn't experienced it anyway, I think once you experience your own shift and you have your own, you know, then you don't need convincing. But yeah, yeah, um, it's really fun. So you think everybody should meditate? Oh, 100%. But I don't think that everybody should meditate with Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation type of practice. You need to find the one or ones that work for you. I probably have five different ones. You should have a tickle trunk because there's some days where the sound of anybody's voice on a meditation, I want to choke them. Yeah, um, just <laughs> me. And but she like, really needs to meditate at that point. I really do, but not with somebody's voice. So uh-huh. I'll go to something else, like biurinal brain beats, which yeah. you know you have you are getting tones in your different ears. You have to wear them. Dr. Andrew Huberman of Huberman Podcast just has some information about biurinal brain beats. Again, lots and lots of research about it. It literally puts your brain into a different frequency which then has a different cascade of hormones and inflammatory markers and chemicals and nutrients that are released throughout your body, all from spending 10 to 30 minutes sitting there listening to something that sounds like rain, but has biurinal brain beats. And there's so many that are free. I mean, that's one of the things that we do in our practice is that we tr- we're we're partly optimizing as, you know, really great physicians, I hope, but we're also navigating people's, you know, ability to get free things. Or <laughs> How can you use your yeah. insurance to pay for that? How can you find this for free? And so there's right. lots on your, on YouTube that are free that are biurinal brain beats. Sometimes I like to use breathing meditations. Dr. Andrew Weil has a lot of them. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer has I am that I am. So if you have a very strong uh, religious or Christian faith, then that is actually based on the 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 Hebrew word I am that I am changed into the tones of music. I mean, there's just beauty everywhere you go in this. And if you say that you do not have 10 minutes 
to meditate, I'm with so much love in my heart, I'm going to call you a liar (laughs) and ask you how much time you spend on social media or, you know, staring. Well, and that's what's the saying, you know, and nobody, look, none of us have 10 minutes for whatever, fill in the blank, unless unless we make it. Right. You have to make that time. And you're right. I call BS right along with you that you can't find 10 minutes in your, you can't create 10 minutes in your day. Um, You know what I think it is? You know, I think it's more, Julie, that um, people, A, don't feel differently at the very beginning when, so they don't get that positive hit. And so there's not that dopamine hit. And so it's not reinforced right away. And actually some people, a lot of people um, feel worse. You know, they say, I suck at it. I can't quiet my mind. This was a failure. I'm more frustrated now than like you're reading my mind. That was my next question. (laughs) Yes. I'm a bad meditator. You are. We all are. Especially at the beginning. Can you imagine like a baby like, oh my gosh, I suck at walking. I'm just never going to do it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I fell down. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if you, I say that if you don't truly know, I don't like the word believe, but if you don't truly know in your heart and in your head, that meditation can transform your present and future health and life, then go find some more research. If you are somebody that needs the data, because it now is available. So there's no reason for you to not prioritize this other than you choosing to not. It's the same as exercise. The most powerful thing that you can do for your physical health is exercise, even a 10 minute walk after you eat. And to just simply never exercise is no longer acceptable. You know that exercise is going to transform your present and your future health. So you have to be a good parent to yourself and you have to have a come to Jesus talk with yourself and you have to do things that aren't very comfortable like meditation. I love that. I think one of the best gifts, because I was in that same boat. I tried meditating several, you know, (laughs) several different kind of rotations throughout my wellness journey and was totally in that camp of I'm a terrible meditator. I can't do this. And it was it was when I finally met Emily Fletcher from Ziva Meditation, and I she said well. she's such a doll. And you know, she was like, the brain isn't made that way. Like that, the it's the exercise of returning. It was like a light bulb went off. I yeah. thought I was a failure because I was making a shopping list during my, you know, and like. Oh, I'm just bad at this. I guess like it's not working. Um, you cannot so exercise. You're not going to say I'm going to exercise tomorrow and sign up for a triathlon. Like right. you're just not going to do it. So mm-hmm. don't expect to sit down and all of a sudden, you know, have this really transformative meditation session. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and I think that people think that they're supposed to have a quiet mind, and maybe there's somebody out there that's saying that we should like have a little intervention with them or something because (laughs) 
your mind can no no more have no thoughts than your heart can stop beating. You don't want you really it to. don't want your your brain to stop. <laughs> no. Promise. No, but I it's where that, that even started. You know, that no. just the idea it is such a. So I love I love that you said that. So meditation, okay, and and really, you think just to start at ten minutes a day is going to move no. the needle. You know, I, I think that people feel like they have to do an hour of meditation to make it count. I just think that you know what's scary to you. You know what you will do. Um, for me, I take a long time to settle down. And so a 10-minute meditation is never a good meditation for me. I have to do a longer meditation just because like there's just so you know my favorite description of meditation is puppy training so your brain is the puppy sit and then the puppy goes ah, 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 ah. come back <laughs> yep. sit. no 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 come back sit and that's all it is and not getting mad you don't get mad at the puppy for being a puppy you just keep at it and keep at it and keep at it and then you will eventually have this truly blissful moment where you are engrossed in the present moment. And then you'll be like, yeah, and like, oh, right. darn. <laughs> yeah. I'm evaluating the present moment. I'm no longer in the present moment. So it's yeah. okay. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I my understanding is even when we're not in that blissful, if we don't reach that, if we do our meditation and we're not getting that blissful experience each time, we're actually still on the cellular level getting the benefits of meditating. Yes, a hundred percent. Awesome. Yay. Oh, good. I'll keep doing it. <laughs> you don't have to feel like it was there. There's no. It's not always a vacation. There's no yeah. such thing as a bad meditation. It's like, you know, there's no such thing as a bad walk. Right. You might not have liked it, but you logged that benefit. I love that. That's amazing. So meditation, it sounds like number one, no brainer. Everybody should do it. Yeah. And maybe go to like a conference or a weekend or a workshop or something. Um, I know that that's was like, I tried for years to meditate and you know, I never kind of stuck to it, mm-hmm. uh, even though I would tell my patients all the time about the benefits of it. I'm like, do yeah, I, I really do. What does I do? <laughs> I know this works. <laughs> yeah. But then when I went, I went to a Joe Dispenza meditation a few years ago and I went to learn a few things to help my patients and maybe some breathing techniques and yeah, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> when I had that time to really practice and learn and practice again and learn more and then practice again and practice again. And I didn't have laundry and I didn't have to cook and I didn't have to clean and I didn't have to drive and I didn't have my computer and I didn't have my cell phone. It was magical. So sometimes it does take that like, you know, little moment of time to actually get the skill embedded. And then it's easier to continue on. I love that. I also wonder, 
Some of it is being out of your physical environment. I think some of it too was you went there holding it gently because it wasn't for you. You didn't go there like, I'm going to perfect this meditation thing this time. Right? Well, and I almost laughed. <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, they're clapping. <laughs> like, I don't do this. I like, like a Tony Robbins event at the beginning. I'm like, I'm yeah, like, when Joe first walks in the room I and people know, go crazy. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, but it isn't like that for long. And then I had to have like a little conversation with myself. I'm like, seriously, you're going to be like all judgy. You flew here. You took a week off. Your family is, I mean, like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're really good at judging. <laughs> you can stay like that if you would like to and waste this entire time. I love it. Do you ever wonder who's inside your head that you're talking to? Oh my gosh. I think half the, literally half the work I do with clients is about that voice. Yeah. Really, you know, retraining and noticing and because our thoughts are energy, right? We just, yeah. we just said that. And so I, I used to always get to that part of the work with clients, right? This, the the mean I call it the mean voice and you know, the mean voice the patterns the all, you know all of those things that got my clients to that place of where they are that they're not well yeah. right and one day it hit me why am I waiting what if we did this work first oh wow oh wow you know I say it now joking around but I also have tears in my eyes of like. Uh the power to speed up healing and give yes. your body that additional. And the beauty is we don't have to fix all of the past and we don't have to change. And you're not, you're not getting rid of the mean girl voice completely. I'm sorry. It's not going away, you know, but when you notice and you address it in the way that works for you and we can tip the scales with these positive inputs it really allows the body. And I, I never thought about it in the way of the pillars, you know, the, the, the medical school approach. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the fact that you need that energy to be working for you to heal. Yeah. Is I see sure. it all the time. I mean, people, it used to take me so much longer with clients to get them to really feel like they're needle was moving. And now it's like, oh, let's just, we're going to jumpstart that. And we're going to start with this phase. And That's so I, I love that you've given me the more kind of, I didn't know why I didn't ask myself why I just, you know, it was just something that evolved. You know, he's asked me, I'm always <laughs> questioning why. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why that happened? Like, <laughs> Annie, tell me which why I'm missing in this. so I can learn more. I love it. Well, I feel like our thought, how you think and, and how you feel, what you think and how you feel um, is like the doctor. So we all have a doctor inside of us. And, and let's pretend this doctor is a, a very traditional, old fashioned uh, doc, Western doctor, and they write lots and lots and lots of prescriptions. So your thoughts are literally prescriptions. Hang here with me. So those that prescription, which is your thought from your doctor, goes to the pharmacy. Who's the pharmacist? The pharmacist is your pituitary gland. What does the pharmacist do? Does they Do they look at the prescription and say, oh, that's not going to bless your life. That's going to stress you. I'm going to change the prescription. No, 
They don't have a license to practice medicine. They're not allowed to change the prescription. What do they do? They dispense chemicals that match the prescription. So off your pituitary goes and it just dumps chemicals and nutrients and hormones that match your thought and your feeling. Then every cell in your body reacts to that. You have a thought of fear. Off you go. Fear, worry, stress, anger, lack, scarcity, fear again. I mean, just all of these thoughts are prescriptions or exactly. So <sighs> if if the doctor can write a prescription for fear and can the doctor write a prescription for joy? And the answer is, of course. Yes. And that's and then oxytocin and all these other hormones that bless all the healing, anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love it. You just gave, and that's exactly, you just gave me this amazing way. And I will quote you always to articulate when I say to clients, you know, our, our cells believe our thoughts as true, yeah. even if you know they're not true when you think them. Like, it, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, the horse has left the barn. Like Because and, the pharmacist can go, I oh, know this is not good for you, but the pharmacist isn't allowed But that's the, I love that. That is amazing. This, you just made my week. <laughs> so awesome. Well, and then we have to step into that power and responsibility of um, being present of and aware of our own thoughts and our own feelings. And and then um, it's really hard to change your thought about a thing. So, you know, if you're worried about work or finances or a relationship, it's really hard to turn that exact thing around into a positive. It's a big stick to lift and look at the other end. But you can think about licorice ice cream. Right. (laughs) Which is my favorite. (laughs) Dairy free, of course. (laughs) The birds or whatever. Any, Uh, any, well, and this is, I don't know, you're leading the witness. So is a gratitude practice part of where you're going with this? Yes, I think that, you know, I wrote in in my book, The Hormone Secret, about the power of gratitude. Everybody thinks love is the most powerful emotion. And um, it turns out it's gratitude. Um, People that write three things about their partner that they're grateful for in a study actually ended up thinking that their partner was better looking. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and kinder <laughs> at the end of the experiment, which, you know, that's just crazy. But gratitude is very powerful. Um, gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. Ah, say that again. Gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. That's beautiful. And I think that what we have to look at is that all the things that we think of as problem solving and focusing on problems to figure it out and to, you know, analyze it and fix it and all of that are really just barriers to receiving. Now, that doesn't mean that you just lollygag and go, <laughs> thank you. Long, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I wished it so. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> I'm manifesting. No. I'm thinking about ice cream. Um, 
And so that's that's the balance, right? That's how to be real and in the present without attaching to the problem of it. Um, When you order something on Amazon, you know, I'm in Seattle, so Amazon is like we can get it in a couple of hours. So when you order something, UPS or wherever, do you worry about it after you order? Like, how is it going to get here? Is it, oh no, is it going by plane? Is it going to be an accident? <laughs> is it going to be by train? Is it going yeah. to be by car? Is it, you know, do you worry about it? No, it's been ordered and you get on with your life. But you did have to do the work to order it. You had to make sure there was enough money in your bank account or on your credit card to have the charge go through. You did have to make sure that the address was correct. You did have to be specific about what you ordered and you did have to create the space for it to be utilized. If you you ordered an appliance, you're not going to have it in your yard. So there are things that you need to do to create the space that are practical, but then stop worrying about the how. Yeah. Sometimes the how isn't your business. If you've prepared for the arrival, and maybe that's, you know, splitting hairs, maybe that is part of the how. But I think if people were very honest, they would say that they really get stuck more in massaging the how and worrying about the maybe it won't. Yeah, I love that. That is, yeah. And we can, you can totally live there. What I love about like the gratitude practice or which leads it's exactly what I was saying with my clients, because changing those patterns, like nobody's going to listen to this very unlikely and wake up tomorrow all of a sudden, no longer in that loop, right? Um, that is a process, but I truly believe, I know when you have a gratitude practice. And I, I cheered because you, you, the study you, you referred to was three things. Cause that's what it, it's kind of like meditation. People are like, Oh, I don't have time to journal. Like, can you write three things, three things every day, just three things that you're grateful for. Um, and, and so that's what I call tipping the scales or stacking the deck, right? That's that balance you were talking about. Doesn't mean you're never worrying about anything or that you're already, you know, this amazing letter goer of, you know, like that's not an overnight thing. But in the meantime, meditating, expressing gratitude, whether it's to somebody or I, I like people to write with a with a handheld utensil to yeah. get those neuro pathways grooved quicker. Hey, I have a paper calendar, so <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> but I'm old, so uh, yeah, me too. But if I write it with my hand in my calendar, I will remember it. <laughs> so and I, I think that you know, I think that the human brain responds better to questions than to in than directions. So that. if you find yourself worrying, then ask yourself. Is there something in this situation that I can do to prepare and create? And if the answer is yes, then do that. But the other question is, or is what I'm doing perseverating on worrying about the what ifs? And if that's the, if that, if the answer to that question is yes, then you need to find something else to think about. Yeah. 
that's, it doesn't mean let it go and and let God and let oh, no and do nothing. And let the universe keep yeah. going back to is there something I can do to to create this to prepare right. for this to make this happen that I can do if yes great do it if your thoughts are just about the worry about the what if then then stop it's time to shift yeah it's time to shift I love that. Yeah. Well, I think, although you are always full of surprises, so I, while I think I know how you're going to answer this question, I also know there are infinite possibilities. <laughs> what is one step that listeners can take today to start to move the needle on their health? Schedule time. Schedule an appointment for 10 minutes of meditation and find it in advance. If you spend your 10 minutes looking on YouTube for the perfect meditation or biurinal brain beats, then that's not going to work. Know what you're going to do in advance. I love that. I love, and I love that you took the, <laughs> you know, you got to do that ahead of do your homework first. And right. That's the prepare, yes. create, yes. get ready for, <laughs> and then you spend your time in the present moment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it uh, doesn't have to be big. You do not have to go to a week-long retreat. You do not have to do an hour-long meditation. You know, a 10-minute biurinal brain beat. And remember, when you start, you're going to suck. <laughs> That's, That's okay. okay. <laughs> when you start getting in shape, going for a walk feels terrible but it was yeah. there's no such thing as a bad walk there's no such thing as a bad meditation i love it amazing dr tammy i am so grateful that you came back this was a conversation i've been so looking forward to having um where is and it'll all be in the show notes as well but where's the best place for people to find you you know our website you can learn about how we can help you nationwide um, either in a membership or just even one appointment with us anywhere in the United States or Canada so that we can help you get a personalized program that can optimize. And that's biothrivelife.com. And uh, if you wanted to just email us, support at drtammy.com. And I would be very grateful if people would go to Instagram and follow me there because I spend time pretty much two or three times a week just doing videos of education, just information. And I want to bless people's lives. Amazing. And you are such a gift. I am very grateful for you. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. For everyone listening, remember you can get the transcripts and show notes by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.